As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the Friday edition of the Big Football Show. This is the edition where you get rich. We promised that, Jesse. And if they tailed our picks, they had some spending money, depending on how much they gambled on. Did we make good on our word or did we make good on our word? I feel like you did better than I did because that's what the record shows. So you made better word on it than me. I can't believe the one game that I uh, lost out to you on was Wisconsin of all teams. Maybe I just wasn't on the Graham Mertz Heisman hype train enough. He somehow exceeded all the expectations humanly possible, and and they just destroyed Illinois. So I give you credit for getting that one. If you are the first-time listener, the only one, because everybody else listens to it, welcome to the Big Football Show Friday edition. This is a daily or five uh, times a week daily podcast about the Big Ten. Monday, Nicole Auerbeck and Scott Docterman recap the Big Ten football weekend. Tuesday, Bill Landis and Audrey Snyder do the Big Ten East edition. Wednesday, Mitch and Scott Dockerman again on the Big Ten West. Thursday, Austin Meek and Colton Pouncey on the state of Michigan. And Friday, you have Jesse Temple, who covers Wisconsin, and myself, Ari Wasserman, kind of taking you down the road to wealth. And we picked out five games this week um, to gamble on. And if you didn't tail us last week, then get your wallet out and tail us this week because it's guaranteed winners. Guaranteed winners. So last week I went. We picked four games. I went three and one. And how? And how did you do, Jesse? I went two and two. So, so I, you I, lost I, juice. I still feel good uh, that we got the Indiana Penn State game right. That was that was the pick of the week there. Yeah, because we also said uh, outright, if I remember correctly, and outright pays you, I think almost two to one on that one. So uh, we're going to do that again this week. But first. Uh, Thank God I've got Jesse Temple here because he happens to cover the most interesting team in college football right now. And this is uh, multiple weeks of this now. Wisconsin is the center of the college football universe. The first week, of course, Graham Mertz and the big news of uh, his promotion and the excitement of seeing that high-end four-star prospect start his first game. Then on Friday night in a blowout of Illinois, a game that Jesse doubted himself, uh, Mertz completed every one but one of his passes. I think he was 20 for 21, uh, five touchdowns, and has turned out to be um, the poster boy for the Stars Matter movement. And I'm just wondering, from your 
standpoint now, how much of a whirlwind has it been covering Wisconsin just with all the things going on and now with all the COVID outbreak? Do you want to bring people up to speed on what's the latest in Madison and, and what's going on there? Sure. This is the craziest week on the beat that I've had in 10 seasons because you're right. Friday night, Wisconsin is riding high. Looks like the best team in the Big Ten West. Graham Mertz is a superstar on, on national TV. And by Wednesday, Wisconsin has paused all team-related activities for seven days and canceled this upcoming Saturday game against Nebraska because of 12 positive COVID-19 tests in a five-day span since that Illinois victory. And Wisconsin released some numbers that include six student-athletes and six staff members, including head coach Paul Christ. And The Athletic, among many other outlets, reported that Graham Mertz was one of the players to test positive. So it's just it's been incredible because Wisconsin is now in a position where after canceling that game and having a a seven day break, the earliest the Badgers could come back to practice in a best case scenario would be next Wednesday. And that's three days before the Badgers are supposed to play Purdue. So that game is in jeopardy, too, because Wisconsin has to keep its positivity rates down. And if the Badgers, for whatever reason, can't play that game, then the maximum number of games that Wisconsin can play is six. You have to play at least six games to qualify for the Big Ten Championship this year. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. And the fact that you've got these six players who are now out for 21 days and additional test results are pending means those those guys aren't going to be available for the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's really thrown this entire season into disarray. Yeah, and it's not just whether they can get onto the practice field in time to play uh, next weekend's game. It's whether or not they even have a quarterback who can suit up to do that. Um, And I think that's a very interesting dynamic in in terms of what's going on there. Jesse, do you uh, think that now with the more information that they've had with the myocarditis myocarditis stuff and, you know, being two months more into the future since they initially decided to cancel the Big Ten season before bringing it back, that there should be um, or will there be any revisions to that 21-day rule? It seems a little bit more – it doesn't seem. It is a little bit more drastic than other uh, conferences. Uh, what are you hearing in terms of you know what that could mean for Graham Mertz and a large portion of Wisconsin's offense and or, or team in general and uh, you know whether or not that, that could continue to, to stay the way it is or maybe change a little bit? I have a hard time believing that the Big Ten and the medical professionals are going to change the rules in the middle of a season. We're at the end of October here. This this season's over in mid in mid December. Even though information does continue to change, the Big Ten it has the strictest protocols in place out of any of the conferences, and so twenty one games is substantial. That has the potential to knock you out for three games. And when you have an eight game regular season schedule, I equate this half to half the season. I equate this to if you play Major League Baseball and you have a 162-game season, which obviously they didn't this year. They only played 60. But three out of eight is equivalent to like 61 games of the season. It's insane. Now, maybe you say it's only a difference of two games or three games, but this is part of the protocols that the Big Ten has in place because if you test positive, the Big Ten requires players to wait at least 14 days from the initial diagnosis, and then they have to undergo a series of cardiac tests because of concerns about myocarditis, which, um, you know, we... We don't know exactly how many players are going to be impacted by that, but I know that was one of the big reasons why the presidents and chancellors decided to come back is is putting those protocols into place because of it. Jesse, this might seem like a left out of left field question for you, and maybe this is my Ohio State brain coming out, but how many games do you think a Big Ten team would have to win and go unbeaten in to make the playoff? Yeah, that's and this fair- might actually be a question for Wisconsin this year, right? That is a, a totally valid question because I, I think it's already being brought up. If 
let's say Wisconsin can't play Purdue for whatever reason, but but somehow finishes out the season, goes six and zero, and then plays Ohio State. Ohio State's unbeaten, and Wisconsin finally gets over the hump and beats the Buckeyes. This is a seven and zero Wisconsin team that would have beaten a ranked Michigan team and a top two or three Ohio State team. And yet you've got teams in other conferences that have played way more games and would have a, a valid argument to say, like, they didn't play enough games to get into the college football playoff. Personally, I think if Wisconsin were to be in that situation, they would deserve to be in. And you're talking about if they didn't play, I mean, they didn't play Nebraska or they didn't play Purdue. That's the reason that they wouldn't be in. Now, where it gets really interesting to me is if you've got, let's say Purdue goes seven and one or something like that or, or seven and oh or i don't know what it's six and one and and wisconsin's six and oh or something like that you know then you go on winning percentage like there's a situation where wisconsin doesn't play as many games but somehow gets into the big 10 championship game because of win percentage to me that's that's one of those interesting things that this season has brought about yeah, but what is your minimum number of games that an Ohio State or a Wisconsin or the Big Ten representative would have to play where you think that they earned it? Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, I I guess seven. I mean, six to me just doesn't feel like that. Ohio I mean, they State crowned has a major eight. league baseball champion of only 60 games this year, which is like a yeah, third of but, the season. Yeah, but the thing of it is all the teams played, well, almost all the teams I think, got yeah. 60 games in. So, I mean, if Ohio State is, is 9-0 and or 8-0, they, they belong in. They're one of the best teams in college football. But, you know, if teams start. But what if Ohio State's 5-0 and or 6-0? and well, they don't get into the – if I'm not mistaken, they don't even get to play in a Big Ten championship game if they don't play six games. Now, it depends on the average number of games that all the other teams in the Big Ten plays. This sounds super convoluted to the listeners. But it is. you've got yeah. to play, as if I'm not mistaken, the minimum of six games to even be eligible for the Big Ten championship. So there's a well, lot there going on. There have been teams on. that have made the college football playoff who didn't play in their conference championship games too. So, And I don't want to go too down the rabbit hole, but I think it's kind of – trying to like prime the listener a little bit to understand that this is going to be a regular part of the discussion, I think, moving forward, because this isn't a Wisconsin problem. This isn't unique to Madison, Wisconsin. This is going to be a problem that all these teams are going to have to deal with, and every conference in college football has canceled games or postponed games or had to reschedule games. So it's a shame, and the reason why I brought it up to begin with is because I think it's as much as we want to escape the world of corona and we want to pretend or or feel like we've gotten past it, I certainly do, um, it's just a, another reminder that we haven't. And 
you know, every week that goes by where we have to continue to talk about this is another week that we need to condition ourselves that maybe crowning a, a conference champion or a Big Ten champion or a national champion is just going to be done based on what we see with our eyes. And so far, Wisconsin, from what I've seen with my eyes, is the second best team in the Big Ten. I don't disagree with that. They, to me, looked like the runaway favorite for the West based on how the rest of the teams played on that first weekend. But one thing I should also mention, and I'm sure it's been discussed in the last few days, I think the Big Ten has made a huge mistake with the scheduling layout right now because there's absolutely no margin for error. They had eight games in eight weekends, and then you've got that Champions weekend, and then the college football playoff committee makes its decision. In the previous revised schedule, after they dumped non-conference games, they left three weekends open for this exact situation. And now you didn't do that because they felt like the antigen testing and the PCR testing would be able to uh, help in this process. And it's not infallible. We've already seen uh, one team in disarray. We haven't even made it to week two. And I would be surprised if no other games are canceled uh, throughout the rest of the Big Ten season, just based on what we've seen so far. So what are you doing this weekend, Jesse? Are you going down? I'm to hanging Indiana out. To place the... I am hanging going out. Going down to Indiana? I don't, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. I got a bye weekend that I didn't think I was going to have. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. My entire life has been a bye weekend, and I'm just wondering if you're going to take these picks that we're giving to people, go down to Indiana in your car, maybe take the wife and um, play some bets. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, Ari. Yeah, two and two is losing juice. Uh, three and one is profit. But okay, so we'll go one by one now. We're going to get to the picks. Sorry if you um, are kind of annoyed by the talk about coronavirus and how it could impact the season i can understand how that would wear on you and certainly you jesse who's been covering it and trying to get to the bottom of all these things for the past week i know it's tough but unfortunately it's just the reality of the situation of what this season is uh but now to the good stuff let's start with the first game that we're going to pick we did four last week we're going to do five this week michigan minus 24 and a half at michigan state go that's a lot of points i am going michigan state or michigan to cover on this one because uh, did you see the Spartans last week? Seven turnovers, okay, against Rutgers, which had a 21-game conference losing streak, and the seven turnovers was the most by Michigan State since 1981. I thought Michigan looked pretty good. Joe Milton was solid to me. He had he threw for 225 yards with a touchdown. He ran for a score. So I think I'm going. I think I'm going Michigan to cover on this one. All right, well, there's no separation yet with us because I'm also going Michigan. And ironically enough, I've gotten um, a little bit of a reputation as somebody who is too real when we're talking about Michigan and the recruiting results and people kind of view me as a Michigan pessimist, and that's not the case. And ironically enough, the first week the only game I lost was taking the points in Minnesota against Michigan, and Michigan went on the road and did something that they really haven't done all that much under Jim Harbaugh and beat the crap out of a really good ranked team. Now, I don't know how good Minnesota is going to be in the long run. It'll be interesting to see if they get completely healthy and, you know, with Bateman and Morgan and all the reasons why we picked them to begin with, you know, in a few weeks, maybe they will be a little bit better version of themselves. But uh, Michigan looks like the best version of itself, you know, overreacting to the week one performance uh, just based on just the the potential for, for their quarterback. Uh, they've got some nice skill. Uh, the running backs are deep. Their defense seemed to be fast. I was very impressed by what I saw, and I don't know if we can play this game of Miss Minnesota sucks because they don't suck. It's just a matter of how much different Michigan is um, from last year and how much different that Minnesota is, and I guess we'll get more context to what this game mean in the next few weeks. But I think Michigan might be 
the most legit version of itself that we've seen in a few years because they finally have some um, potential and, and athletic ability at the quarterback position. And Michigan State, what is that, the beginning of what, a seven-year rebuild right now? I, I don't even know where to begin with that team. I would say the Mel Tucker era is off to a less than promising start. Uh, but, you know, it, it's one game, but, man, to, to lose to Rutgers and – they Michigan State ran the ball 39 times for 50 yards. Uh, I don't know what it's going to look like against Michigan's defense. And I, sure, I could say it's a rivalry game. They play close games. Michigan won 44-10 last year. So I, I think Michigan is, to me, the, the top challenger to Ohio State in the East. And they, they showed it in the, in the week one game against Minnesota, which I'm with you. I think the Gophers are still a good team. And I was very surprised that Michigan handled the Gophers in the way that it, that it did. Yeah, especially with the way that game started. You know, Minnesota with that block punt, and they scored right away. I thought that it was going to be a, a great game, and it felt over by halftime. So, all right, we're on the same side of, of the first one. Uh, game two, Indiana minus 11 at Rutgers. Now, we're talking about the two undefeated leaders of the Big Ten East, um, not counting Ohio State, but we're not going to count them. Uh, these, are the, these are the big dogs of the Big Ten East. And, you know, Indiana showed what it was capable of by beating Penn State. It was – a really wonky game because I think Penn State played about as poorly as a team possibly could play in a 60-minute period. But you got to give Indiana credit for getting it done, and Rutgers with the most significant win of its program since Shiano was there the first time, I think. So where are we at on this one? I'm going Indiana to cover. This This is actually – this is a tougher one than I thought it would be because is, is. is Rutgers good, question mark? I don't know. I feel like the offense is still a work in progress, but – I like Michael Penix Jr. I mean, man, that last play to win the game against Penn State is, is going to be one of the plays of the year when we look back on this season. And I know your boy Dollar B said that Indiana was a sleeper team in the East. So, Dollar B. So I, I'm all aboard the Hoosiers train. I I think that they're going to cover, but uh, it's much more interesting than I anticipated this game being, given what Rutgers did in week one against Michigan State. Yeah, the, the line opened at 12, and now it's moving in the other direction. And Rutgers is home, and that's where, if you didn't know this, college football was born. Uh, so I don't know. I had a really hard time with this one. And, you know, the, the biggest thing, and especially in the world of gambling, is trying not to overreact to the first week. And I remember before the, the game on Saturday against Michigan State, I was like, why is Rutgers only down or 10-point dogs? And it was confusing to me. And I was like, oh, well, it's because Michigan State might be the worst team in the Big Ten right now. Uh, but that doesn't mean that Rutgers is all of a sudden going to win the conference or win five games in the Big Ten or even four or maybe even three. Um, I think Indiana might be emotionally exhausted from what it did in week one, but this is the first time in a long time that Indiana has a legit chance of being a, a team that makes some noise in the Big Ten East. Now, you know, they're, they're still a heavy, heavy, heavy underdog to figure into the Big Ten East championship with Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State and Ohio State still on that side. But I, I like what I saw out of Indiana. I like uh, Penix Jr. I like the heart. I like the fact that they were able to win despite the fact that they blew the lead and still were able to do that. And I'm not necessarily sure I'm bought in on Rutgers being back. I think Greg Schiano is absolutely the only coach in college football that could even begin to try to do this. Uh, but, man, I, I just think that Indiana can't let this go. <laughs> they they got to at least enjoy it for more than one week, right, Jesse? So I'm going to lay this the 11. Okay, so we've, we're in agreement. Is that what we're saying? I know. It's kind of – We should have uh, talked about this beforehand so we could absolutely have opposite picks. 
I feel like a lot of these are going to be that similar. would be that that That's would be disingenuous. That's yeah. true. I want it to be. I want people to know that if we both agree that it's a lock, you want people I mean, to know that we haven't communicated in any way, and we're just now throwing this together on the air. Yes. Okay. Next one: Ohio State minus twelve at Penn State. I feel like we're going to have the same one on this one. I, I'm going Buckeyes to cover. There's no Journey Brown. There's no Noah Kane, who's now out for the rest of the season with, with a lower leg injury for the Nittany Lions. Uh, can Will they be able to run the ball against Ohio State? And by the way, Justin Fields looked like Graham Mertz out there. <laughs> oh, the no, opener, come on. They both, Let's not be hyperbolic. <laughs> they both went 20 for 21, okay? And he, he threw for two and had another score. I said last week Ohio State's the best team in the Big Ten, and so... I think the Buckeyes cover that 12 points. I mean, Penn State, there's a lot going on there, especially in the running back room. I think a lot of people are going to take the points here. I'm laying the points with ease. I think Ohio State wins something like 42-14. Uh, this is one of the best versions of Ohio State of the past 10 years, and Penn State comes into the game without their two best players, um, with Journey Brown and uh, Micah Parsons opting out. So journey brown it did not opt out just to be clear he's suffered a uh, medical condition uh pat pratt pat fryermuth i don't know why i'm having a hard time speaking today i'm sorry but uh is a very good tight end but let me ask you this jesse if a team plays a team close for a large portion of the last five years does that make you think the game will be close even if the players and the statistics don't really match up to that like is there a thing that certain teams play certain teams close to you by end of that no <laughs> i don't uh <laughs> I mean, I, I was going back, for example, and looking at that Michigan-Michigan State game, and I wanted to see how close the games had been. And they were pretty close for a lot of years until Michigan won by 34 points last year. So uh, I don't think necessarily that it matters. I mean, obviously, you know, Penn State, we're not talking about Ohio State playing Illinois or something like that. But I just think Ohio State is too good, and they had too many weapons. And, and 12 points, I mean, I think, I think Ohio State's going to win by at least two touchdowns. Yeah. I just, I, I just have always been somebody who really, really takes the numbers into account, and Ohio State is just a much more talented team, and I don't know how anybody's going to stop them from scoring 40 points this year, and I don't know if Penn State has 27 uh, in them. So 12 seems to be like an interesting number to me. It's opened up at 8, and it moved very quickly. If the spread was 8, I think I would put the deed of your house on that. Uh, notice your house. Yes, I heard. Yeah, <laughs> maybe my house too. I don't have uh, the deed though. I'm not as big of a winner as you, but like that is to me going to be a blowout. Okay, so we're three for three on this, and like if we're on the same side of every game, like what's the point of even doing this? I guess that's five five locks. But speaking of locks, Minnesota at Maryland minus nineteen and a half. I feel like it should be more. Maryland just lost 43-3 to to Northwestern. I, I know Minnesota lost to Michigan, but like we said, that's that's a very good Wolverines team. I still like the Tanner Morgan-Rashad Bateman combo, and Muhammad Ibrahim ran for 140 yards with two touchdowns in that game. So Minnesota to cover. If they don't, I think it's going to be a long year up there because Maryland was bad against Northwestern. You got something, was kind you of, got something for me, Ari? You got a surprise? kind of... It's kind of on the fence on this one, um, just because I think it's just so easy to just assume that Minnesota's going to bounce back. And you know what? I, th I think they are. I'm with you. Oh, come on. I, Make it I know. I know. I know. I know. Maybe I'm going to go first next week, and then you can there mess go. up your picks. I'm, tr I'm, trying to, I'm trying to 
get the best possible win percentage as possible so I can start my gambling pick service. So I don't want you uh, to ever think that I'm going to put that service behind uh, the priority of maybe entertaining people by being on opposite sides. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Maryland. They didn't even seem like they wanted to play this year, and then they played like they didn't want to play. And Minnesota, um, I still believe in the vision, and they had some guys missing from the Michigan game. But I still believe that they have, what, the three best players on the field? Now, I don't know what Rakeem Jarrett's going to do or how it's going to pan out for Maryland long term, but until I see a pulse from that team, it's really hard to put any faith in them. It didn't even look like they were trying. Um, so we're four for four on the same one. So that's four locks, everybody. Uh, last one, Northwestern at Iowa minus two and a half. Uh, I'm going Northwestern on this one. I can't pick every team that's favored to cover this one. I, I like Northwestern. I think Peyton Ramsey was pretty impressive. I know Maryland is a bad team, but I liked what he did in the opener, and I'm just not sold on Iowa. I know they've been a consistent team in the Big Ten West. I know some people thought they might win the division, but they lost that opener to Purdue 24-20. to And um, I don't know. I think Northwestern seems to have these ebbs and flows, and I feel like this could be a bounce-back season for the Wildcats. Maybe I'm reading too much into what happens in week one because it's a small sample size, but uh, I like I like Northwestern those two and a half yeah i mean scoring 40 points on maryland is impressive and it's not impressive at all at the same time and i'm just trying to figure out how much i can weigh um into that i like the home team so i'm talking about yeah we're on the different wavelength for the first time finally i think it's much different to beat maryland and feel good about yourself than it is to go into kinnick and and do what they need to do in order to win that football game i'm i'm very surprised that Iowa laid an egg in their opening game. And I'm always like really big on the bounce back. Uh, Kinnick stadium is usually a tough place to play, but it's going to be cold. It's going to be one of those big 10 games. And I love that the spreads two and a half because this game is going to be a two point game in the fourth quarter, because there's no other way that this game would play out. Um, I, I like Iowa to bounce back and I think it's going to happen in a, in a pretty convincing way. I think they're going to pull away and, and maybe even win by two scores in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't know how much I believe in Northwestern's offense after they had the worst offense I've ever seen in the world last year. Did Peyton Ramsey just fix everything? I don't know if he fixed everything. I almost feel like I made this pick because I thought you'd go Iowa. I mean, we just had to have some difference of opinion here. You can't go with what you think, man. Well, I'm on the fence, and so okay, well, it's a toss-up to me. I don't know. I'm, I'm well, you're... Peyton Ramsey didn't solve everything, but uh, they're obviously a better team than they were last year. And maybe Iowa isn't as good as we thought. I don't know. I mean, I was really surprised. I know Purdue is probably a pretty solid team, but I, I just I was surprised that Iowa lost that game. Scored three points yeah. in the second half. I mean, Spencer Petras hit 265 yards passing through the air last week. So, um, and ironically enough, Northwestern has won three of the last four, but I just feel like this might be a home team year, even though there's no car- crowds. I just think that like with all the stuff that's going on, it's one less distraction during all the testing and all the stuff that people have to go through in order to play in these games, airplanes, all the stuff that goes into it. I just, you know, maybe it's a favorite week. I laid the points in all five of the games, but, um, you know, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Jesse, I I hope that you're doing all all right out there in Madison, and I I sincerely hope that everybody affiliated with the Wisconsin program is healthy and safe and the ones who are infected by the coronavirus – have a speedy recovery and hopefully they can get back on the field. Um, and I hope you're doing all right. I know it's probably been a tough week for you. So I appreciate you taking, you know, 25 minutes to discuss all these things with me on the show. Well, I'm not leaving the house. So, uh, that's my plan. 
But uh, I hope they are able to play some football next weekend as well. It's always fun doing this, and we'll talk next week. All right, Jesse, thanks so much, and thanks to all of you for listening to the Big Football Show. Uh, Enjoy Big Ten football over the weekend, and then, of course, get us all five days uh, next week on your way to work, uh, on the way home from work or from home. Thanks again for listening, and for Jesse, I'm Ari Wasserman. That was the Big Football Show.